0: Welcome to Jess Williamson, the podcast where we build businesses for life. Hello. Today's episode is a fun one because I am going to teach you how to negotiate like a boss. I have always had this knack for negotiating. When I was younger, the two main things I always heard from my parents was one, Jess, slow down. And two, Jess, stop arguing. So (laughs) you can say I have been a damn good arguer from a young old age, but negotiating is so much more than just arguing. It is really learning how to create a deal, create an agreement where both parties Benefit. And I think sometimes negotiation gets a bad rap. It is not about how can I scam and hustle someone else to get what I want? Or it's not just like sitting there and arguing all damn day about an outcome. And when you learn to negotiate like a boss, everybody wins. There is so much power in this, especially because I know you are a powerhouse CEO doing big things. So you need to learn this. And something that I think a lot of people don't realize is you are negotiating every damn day, whether you know it, or not, you might as well get damn good at it. So when you realize that literally everything in your world is in your power, every outcome of any decision that you ever make is in your power. So to really step into your power, you need to learn the art of negotiating, because this is going to play out whether you're just trying to decide what to have for dinner with your partner, or if you're negotiating major deals in business around partnerships, payments, pricing, or even just like buying a house or going on a holiday every single day, you are negotiating. Anytime you make a decision where someone else is involved, you're negotiating. So I want to share with you my five tips and some of my really fun negotiation stories as well to really understanding how to get people to say yes, but not just getting them to say yes begrudgingly but getting them to say yes as a hell yes, let's do this. So let's just jump straight into it. So I have five tips I'm going to share with you. Number one is everything is negotiable. Yes, even the things that right now in your head, you're like, no, I cannot negotiate on that. They are, they are negotiable. I've had people tell me, you don't understand how my industry works, Jess. You can't ask people that. Or others have said, you can't negotiate Because people will be offended. There are so many excuses and reasons that you can come up with to not ask for what you want, but it means you're going to miss out. You're going to lose out on potentially actually creating a better deal for you and the other person. There are absolutely no rules in life or business. If you never ask, you'll never know. And so what you want to do is be willing to ask for what you want. I'm always that person. My friends call me Karen sometimes, but I am always that person who asks for what I want. Whether I'm at a restaurant, whether I'm out traveling, whether I'm doing things in business, I'll always ask because you'll actually be surprised at how many people just say yes. The worst thing people can say is no. And then I back it up with why not? (laughs) If someone says no, and that's not the outcome you're hoping for, I always ask why not? And sometimes people are a little taken aback, but when you can get some feedback or insights into why people are saying no and really understanding the reason behind their decision. There may even be a solution where it still can work for both of you even better than they ever imagined. Number two is go into any discussion with a clear decision on what you want out of it. What is the outcome that you want? Before you even start the discussion, What is the outcome that you want? Because without a clear goal, you're going in handing all of your power over to the other person and what they want. And you'll just take whatever you get, right? but we're not here to just take what we get. That is not a badass CEO move. We are going in with a really clear decision on, this is the outcome that I want from this situation, from this discussion. And quite often we can go into these discussions, not wanting to upset people or not wanting to embarrass them or like hurt anyone's feelings. And so we put others needs before ours. But what we're actually saying is only one person can win. So I'm going to let them win. So they like me. What if both of you could win? But it actually requires you going in with a clear idea on what you want first. So I have an example. One of my incredible clients, I worked with her on negotiating a major event sponsorship nationwide with no money down a major event sponsorship with no money down for this nationwide event. And the only reason why that was a possibility is because she went in with that being her intention. So when you go in with the intention, you're going to communicate differently. You're going to work out the most direct path to get to that solution versus, hey, I want to sponsor your event. Can you tell me about what I can do and then what they're going to send you a 10, 20, 30K package that you need to pay for on top? She went in and landed that deal and there's going to be some other pieces to it, which I'll explain later. But obviously she went in and she provided them value. She figured out what they needed for their event, used that as leverage to then serve them in the best way, but also serve herself with not having to pay the sponsorship fee. So go into any negotiation with understanding what you want the outcome to be first. I was even recently in Barcelona and we got to our hotel. We went to check in and the room was not what we had booked. It was dark. It had no light. It was dingy. The toilet was literally next to the bed. Like there was no bathroom. It was just the toilet. The bed. It was not what we booked whatsoever. I don't even know. This was like their basement bedroom. I don't know what it was but we were like this is clearly not what we booked and while I want to acknowledge being so grateful the fact that we were in Barcelona we had a bed there was amenities but what I did was I decided that we were not going to stay in that room we didn't pay for that room we weren't going to stay in it and so I contacted the hotel and I said what can we do about this because this is not the room that we booked and they said unfortunately our hotel is completely booked right now so they obviously just overbooked and and put us wherever. And I said, okay, I understand you can't give us the room that we booked, but what other solutions have we got? Because we are not going to stay in this room. And they said, I'm so sorry, ma'am, but this is the solution. You're gonna have to stay in that room because we are just fully booked and there are people in every other room. And I said, okay, I understand. I know that that's what you've said, but what other solution have we got? Because we are not going to stay in this room. Now, I didn't know what they were going to say on the other end. I didn't know in this situation what the outcome was that I wanted or was available to me. But what I knew was the solution was not to stay in that room. So they came back to me after the third time I asked and they said, what we can do is we have a sister hotel down the road, very close by. It is on Park Güell which is the most main famous street in Barcelona two doors down from the famous Gaudi building and we will put you in that room and for the hassle we will upgrade you to a room that looks over the street with a beautiful balcony how do you feel about that and I said amazing but that was only possible because I didn't take the first answer as the only solution I could have said okay no worries I'll just have to stay in this room that's fine and there It would have been nothing too wrong with that. It would have been the easy answer, but I decided what I wanted the solution to be and ended up with a $3,000 upgrade for the hotel. And when I shared this on my stories, I had so many of my friends reply saying, typical Jess, how did you land a 3K hotel upgrade? And the answer is because I decided what I want first. And I understand that everything is negotiable. There is always a solution that works for both people. Now, here's what we can take from a business perspective on this. That was a good business move on their part at the hotel, because if they had left us in room and not given us any compensation, any solution, they would have got a two-star review. Very basic, a lot of comments about we got a room we didn't book and the toilet was next to the bed and it was not the vibe. But because they decided we had they had a room available to them, it probably cost them no different, but they focused on the client experience and they got a five star review. That was probably the one of the best experiences we had on our whole entire vacation. And so from a business point of view, it's very smart on their end. But also for us, we were able to get what we actually booked. So decide what you want out of it first and you'll be surprised at what you actually end up with. Number three is let them tell you what they want first. So I think so often people go into negotiations or discussions with, hey, I want this. Hey, this is how amazing I am. Hey, here's my pitch instead of actually listening. And the key is to go in and ask questions like a detective because the goal of the negotiation is not to go in and tell them what you want. The goal is to go in and understand what they want so that you can craft a response that works for both of you. If you don't actually know what they want and you're just assuming, how can you actually create a deal that is going to be valuable for both of you? So put your best detective hat on and listen. All you have to do is listen. And if you really want to create long-term relationships where you both value the outcome, this is going to be the number one key. So I have an example and I actually have a whole podcast episode I did about this story, but I'm going to paraphrase it for the purpose of this point, but I'll put the link in the show notes for a few of my epic negotiation stories. But I was flying to Melbourne and I had an idea that I wanted to create a product range for one of the biggest retailers in Australia, they're in every single mall. And so I landed a meeting with them. I negotiated the whole meeting situation too, by the way, (laughs) but you can listen to that in the episode. But what I did, I had planned a whole pitch. I was going to pitch. This is why I'm amazing. This is what I can do for you. This is what I have as the idea But a really good friend of mine said, Jess, instead of going in and telling them how amazing you are and telling them what you can do for them, what if you just ask them, why don't they have this product range in their store? And see what they say. So I went in and I asked and I said, Hey, just wondering, why don't you currently have swimwear in your stores? And they said, the reason is because we don't have a factory that specializes in that. We also don't have a, a specialist on our team who specializes in the technical side of designing swimwear, since it is a very specific fit situation. And so instead of me going in and saying, Hey, look at all the celebrities I've worked with. Hey, look at their pretty designs. I listened and I asked a bunch more questions as well. And I said, okay, amazing. Here's what I would like to propose. Since I am the expert in swimwear, since I have a dedicated factory and multiple factories that we can utilize to create the highest quality swimwear, why don't we do something together? I will fill the gaps that you need. Here's a whole opportunity for you and your business to have a whole new product range and tap into more opportunities for client retention, for repeat purchases, for everything that you need in your store. And from a marketing point of view, we can create an incredible deal together and co-market this opportunity. So instead of going in with my pitch, I went in with the outcome that I wanted in mind, but I did not pitch that outcome off the bat. I asked questions and I listened and she literally told me exactly what they needed. And I just said it right back to her. I gave her exactly what she needed on a silver platter. And that makes it easy for people to say yes. Firstly, it makes people feel heard. They don't feel like you're shoving something down their throat. They feel like you truly get them. In order for people to get to a yes in any sort of deal or negotiation, they want to feel heard. They want to feel understood. And when they feel heard and understood, they have trust in you to be able to deliver on that. And so that is the most powerful tip I can give you is to go in where there's the balance, right? Where you're not going in and saying, I'll do whatever you need because it still needs to work for you. But that changed the way I communicated the same outcome that I wanted. The communication was just different and I listened. So this is going to be really, really important when you are negotiating prices or payment or budgets. So if you have a supplier that you're doing outreach to or vice versa. If a client is inquiring with you and asking what is the price or can we create these customized deal? Now, obviously if you have package deals or pricing set, this won't apply, but let's say you're negotiating a deal that has not been priced or done before, or it's super customized. So rather than saying, Hey, it's $5,000, let me know if that's good. What I always recommend to do is ask them what is their budget first? Because they might have a budget of $50,000. And if you're leading in with, hey, it's $5,000, then you may have misunderstood the scope of work they're wanting or misunderstood what exactly they want out of it. So whether you're asking questions about the price or asking questions about what is the outcome they really hope to receive, you will want to always make sure that you're asking these kind of questions upfront before you send off a quote or before you agree on a price from a supplier as well. But this is going to be really, really important when it comes to pricing different jobs, because you want to make sure that you are giving them what they fully want to the extent that they want, but you also don't want to leave money on the table. So really understanding those needs is going to be super, super important. And it also means that you're not going to get ripped off or you're not going to get scammed out of money that you're deserving of in a certain package that you might be putting together. Number four is aim for the damn stars or the moon. Basically just start high, (laughs) start high and then go in and negotiate with that. Because when you imagine it, you're both starting at different ends of the spectrum with what you want and you need to come and meet in the middle. And if you start in the middle and they start at their high end, you're going to end up halfway towards them versus halfway in the middle or not even necessarily in the middle. But there are going to be some compromises if you both don't agree initially, right? So you might as well go higher if you're negotiating a wage or a salary or something like that. And ultimately you decide you want a hundred K go in with 150 and then you might land somewhere closer to a hundred. You don't want to go in and say, look, I want a hundred because then what happens is you don't have any room to move. If you want them make concessions or compromises, but you're not willing to, it's not going to end well. And so while this doesn't necessarily apply in every single situation where you both start at one end and then you meet in the middle, sometimes you're just like, hey, what about this? And they're like, amazing. Then by aiming higher, you've actually now just landed a bigger deal. So you might as well go in with even more than what you think you want, because you never know. You never know. So number five is potentially one of the most important ones, and that is that you are allowed to walk away if it is not going to work for you. So sometimes you may enter into negotiations for a long ass time. And sometimes it can feel like, oh my gosh, we've been chatting for hours or days or weeks or months. And now I feel awkward to walk away. I feel like I've wasted their time. And a lot of these thoughts can potentially come up. And I've seen more times than not, people enter into deals that they're not 100% happy with because of this you feel obliged now that you've you know negotiated for a while you feel obliged to enter into an agreement with that person but you are allowed to walk away if it is not going to work for you. so I had a client recently and she was chatting with a potential client. And this client wanted her to do a project that was a little bit outside of her scope. And so they were chatting for quite some time. She had said, yes, I'm really interested in doing this work with you. And as they spoke more and more, she started to realize that what this other person needed from her, she didn't really feel comfortable with. Or it wasn't really something that she aligned with or wanted to do. And they had been discussing this for about four to six weeks. And she came to me and she said, Jess, you know what? It would be easy for me to just say, yes, I'll just do it. You know, I'll get a little bit of the money from it. I'll just make it work and I'll learn for next time not to do this. And I said, what feels heavier on your energy, regardless of the money, regardless of the other person, does it feel heavier to have a quick five minute conversation and let go? Or hold on to it. This event that they were planning was another three months in advance from that time. So you've got to hold that energy for that whole time. Then you've got to do it, exert the energy, spend the time, all of the things. And she had a massive realization and she went and spoke to them, walked away from that deal, walked away from that income. And she said, Jess, I have never felt lighter. So you are allowed to walk away if it is not going to work for you. I was even personally negotiating with a celebrity agent for three entire months. And this was a celebrity that I so badly wanted to work with. Her name rhymes with May Mitchell, if you know, you know. (laughs) But I was like, this is the exact person that I want to work with for my brand. And so I had to get the agent contact. Very difficult, firstly. So that was like probably a good couple of weeks to a month to even just figure out how do I get the agent's contact details. And I had to go through my manager, my PR manager in LA who knew someone who could get the contact. And so I got the contact and I negotiated for three entire months on this deal. And while it was probably the hardest deal I have ever negotiated because this guy was well and truly versed on the top negotiation strategies after three months, I walked away from the deal because when we first started out, they quoted me a certain price and we just had to discuss a few minor details. But over that time, some reason the price kept getting higher instead of lower, which when you negotiate, it's meant to come closer together, not get further away. And so the price kept moving up and the deliverables kept getting less, and the deal was just not going to work. We were not going to be able to reach an agreement. And after three months, I just had to walk away from that deal, even though it was something that I really wanted to make happen. And I had spent three entire months with someone that is a very high profile celebrity agent, but it just wasn't going to work for me. And so actually about two months after I walked away from that deal, she announced her pregnancy, which made sense because here I was trying to make a swimwear deal happen. Here she was going into the next six months of her pregnancy and then having the baby. And that was her first baby as well so I can see what they were doing. They were trying to get me out of the deal without giving away any of that confidential information. Very smart. <laughs> but I just wanted to leave this with the reminder that you are allowed to walk away if it is not going to work for you. And if it no longer works for you, you may agree on something, you may land on a deal and then things might change. And that is okay as well. So these are my top tips for negotiating like a boss and. I also have another episode that I will link in the show notes on how I negotiated a whole free fridge and got my home built to be fast-tracked two years quicker than what they were planning on getting our home built, which is where I am sitting and recording this right now. So I'm going to link some epic negotiation stories in the show notes. But just to recap, number one, everything is negotiable. Even when people tell you it's not, it is. (laughs) Number two, decide what you want first. Number three, Let them tell you what they want and then you can best serve them in your pitch, in your agreement. Number four aim damn high because you might as well give it a shot. And number five, you are allowed to walk away if it is not going to work for you. So honestly, negotiation, this is going to play a part in every single piece in your day. So start to bring this to awareness. Even if you're wondering, I'm not sure where I need to use this just yet. Trust me, like my clients realized, it happens every single day. So lean into this channel, your most badass CEO self and negotiating some epic deals. When you do, please slide in my DMs because we are going to celebrate the heck out of it because I love a good negotiation story. So please drop them in. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please screenshot, share it to your social media and tag me at jess.williamson8. And I will see you on the next episode.